Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. I have helped hundreds of clients throughout the home buying and home selling process. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. I like to say that I offer my clients exceptional service that moves you. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and sometimes we are even interactive, so you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, or if you want to listen to one again, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. You can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. And my crew isn't here tonight, but I have Ryan in the house. Hello, Ryan. Hey, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. I mean, you know, on a day like today... Yeah. With the the nice spring teas, yeah, it's, it's good awesome. for it's good for the mood. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. so, it was so beautiful out there today. But I I actually got into the office at nine a.m. and then I left the office at uh, five minutes to six, so I didn't feel or see any of it. Yeah, no, me either. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it was more, it was totally warmer at five a.m. than normal. Yeah, yeah. is that what time you get up? Five a.m. Well, I was I'm out the door at like six fifteen to go to the gym. Oh well, good for you. So. Wow. That's, that's you know, dedication, my it, friend. It was, it was, uh, it felt like I only needed a sweatshirt rather than like my wool coat. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> so but you know, good. you know what? Tomorrow, tomorrow will be a completely you know, different you know. day, I'm sure. That's a few hours away. Don't talk yeah, about it yet. No, I know. And then what about those Patriots? <laughs> oh, hey, I wish I was at that parade. Yeah, well, I let, that's why Mary and Melissa are not with me tonight because being the boss that I am, I had never called myself a boss. That actually sounded funny. Um, <laughs> but being the person that I am, I called them and I just said to them last night, Hey, just plan on going to the parade. They oh, came over awesome. my house and watched it Sunday. Uh, so it was Mark and myself with the two girls. But they're not, <laughs> like, it's not Casey and Mackenzie. It's actually Mary and Melissa. That's so. awesome. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they went to the parade. They didn't check in with me at all. I hope that they are okay. Uh, maybe they'll call in if they're listening. But I doubt they are. They might be hanging out at some of the bars or whatever in there, you think? Is that we, what you guys do? Yeah, I might as well stay in there all day and, you <laughs> yeah. know, make a day of it. That's what they did. Well, I'm really <laughs> excited because I do have um, a really good guest here today so I'm actually sort of not excited that the girls aren't here with me today but like I get to like ask all the questions and I don't have any interruptions from the other two they're like my children those two <laughs> um, so that little giggle that you hear that's Lisa Cullity and Lisa is the town of Pembroke board of health agent 
Right? Yes. That's a big fancy title. It, it, it is a long title and, and basically it means I'm the inspector responsible for public sanitation for the town of Pembroke. And I uh, have served in that position just over nine years, actually just under 10 now. Wow. Has and it really been that long? It, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. You, <laughs> did, you were on the board before for, that. For over 12 years before that. Correct? Okay. So yeah. well over 20 years of, mm-hmm. of public health and sanitation in the town of Pembroke. So long story short, I have a little bit of background. My college background was in geology and uh, mm-hmm. I've been involved with Title V uh, regulations since inse- inception in 1995. It was in one of the first initial huh. classes that DEP was going around and instructing on. Really? That's, and it's weird, and I've said this before, I have this weird liking for, don't, I ask some pretty good questions. You do, very much so. <laughs> I know. I'm really sort of into it. I don't know why I'm so into Title V and septic systems, but, um, and it's one of the reasons why I, I prompted to ask you, just because there's so many um, intricacies it, it really is, and it's it's a more complex science than most people um, understand. My biggest concern mm-hmm. when buying and selling real estate uh, for the buyer and the seller is that everyone thinks, well, it passed a Title V examination, and that's all that matters, and there's so much more to mm-hmm. it than that um, between the type of septic, um, the age of the septic, mm-hmm. the kinds of material that the septic system is installed in, mm-hmm. the size of the house, and this, of course, you, you know better than anyone, is it, it has, can have a real impact on the value of the home, and most people's home is the, the single largest investment they'll ever make, so these mm-hmm. factors can also have an enormous impact on the value of a house. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And speaking about impact, I'm wondering if the parade had any impact on our traffic, but I know for sure Lisa DeMilo from the WATD Traffic Center can help us out with that question. How's it looking, Lisa? Well, Sharon, it has been a tough day all day. Um, I know a lot of people took uh, public transit, but a lot of people still took uh, their cars in. So the Expressway Southbound's all brake lights from the tunnel to South Bay, and you're back in it before Granite Ave to the split. Northbound, you're on the brakes from Granite Ave up past Neponset Circle and again approaching the tunnel. Route 3 south slow through Norwell and down through Duxbury. Northbound is good. The Bourne and Sagamore bridges are delay-free. Route 24 south still at a standstill up past Route 139. That's from an earlier crash. And Route 44 is good. This report is sponsored by the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes, but with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. Don't miss a minute of Talk Real Estate. Check out the podcast page at talkrealestateradio.com. Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate. And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate here uh, with Sharon McNamara and Lisa Cullity, who is the Board of Health agent for the town of Pembroke. And I'm very fortunate to uh, be able to just call Lisa on a little bit of a text message first thing in the morning, like, hey, can you still come on with me? <laughs> and she's like, and, sure. And get, yes, that's the, that's the real yes, shocker here. I know. And Lisa is actually my neighbor, too. So yeah. um, I'm really, you know, I'm really fortunate that I'm able to uh, just reach out to her and you are super super helpful I have to tell you that when I do go to town hall uh, you and Sheila you're just really I'm very fortunate that we can just walk in there you stand behind the desk and you're able to answer those questions because that comfort level is important Uh, before we start getting into the topic and tonight for our listeners um, 781-837-4900 that's the number to the studio we are live tonight we have Ryan Manning the phones and we are talking about title 
1-800-273-8255. So any questions that you may have today is your lucky day. Because uh, again, we have Lisa Colletti here, the Board of Health agent from the town of Pembroke. Um, and you can just call in with any of your questions. Even if it isn't related to uh, Title V, you can ask me any questions about real estate. But before we do that, uh, one of the things that we're doing uh, every week now is, um, since I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, we're doing an agent spotlight every single week. And this week, the chosen one was our, um, actually our manager for our Bridgewater office. She lives in Bridgewater. She was previously from Hanson. And we have Trish Flynn on the phone. Hello, Trish. Hi, ladies. Hello. <laughs> and you know Trish. I know Trish very me. well. Trish is a frequent flyer in the town hall. <laughs> yes, she is. I know. I have to say, I, I didn't know Lisa was on the, on the show tonight. And I remember running into the town hall one time in a panic about a Title V issue. And she was coming out and her day had ended, but she turned right around, Aww. went back in. Help me sort out the issue. It was it was awesome because some towns just close the door and mm-hmm. sorry. And five we'll of. See you later. And five of, by the way. <laughs> we, we do what we can. We do what we can. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Trish, um, you are our agent spotlight for um, tonight. I mean, you're also a, an associate broker, a broker associate uh, for Boston yeah. Connect Real Estate. So for the state of Massachusetts, she is a licensed broker as well as uh, selling real estate. Um, let everybody mm-hmm. know how long you've been doing this gig of yours and. Um, uh, the areas that you service and all that good stuff. Sure, I've been. I was a salesperson in 2010. I started, and then in 2013, I got my broker's license, and I've been with Boston Connection since the very beginning. Uh-huh. I love it there. It is my home away from home. <laughs> um, I work primarily on the South Shore, but I have done some some sales up in Boston, and I currently have a property on the Cape uh-huh. in Falmouth. And nice. we have a checkout mm-hmm. clause on that one right now. So mm-hmm. all of my listings <laughs> just got scooped in the last two weeks. It's mm-hmm. been crazy. It's been crazy. It's like as soon as it comes on the market, mm-hmm. you got multiple offers. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing that a lot. Yeah, it is. It is really crazy out there. So, Trish, I know that um, in our inter-office, um, you and Kristen, because you're teaming up with Kristen uh, Howlett, who's another yep. full-time real estate agent for Boston Connect and lives in Bridgewater as well, uh, yeah. you you teaming up with her on the family house and in our interoffice you yeah. asked for a title five inspector um so i had just had that listing in falmouth so i was able to refer that to you so how did that all work out good that was for her new listing that's oh. coming on i think in born oh, no ours, ours had an issue but they they had to replace their whole field and that was done mm-hmm. i think they did that in the summertime but i feel like nothing's been passing lately it's like there's mm. a repair more often than not it's it's been a repair of some sort for people. That is a common people. thread right now because what everyone's forgetting is that we had that huge building boom on the South Shore in Cape Cod in, in the 80s. And most people think a septic system is forever. And, and, mm-hmm. and science has, has determined that basically the life expectancy of a septic system is 30 to 40 years. So that the fact mm-hmm. that we're having a surge in failures right now is really not a surprise because we just have a lot of septic systems aging out in this time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, Trish, any uh, new listings coming on for you, or what do you got going on? I'm hoping to have one in Whitman, a three-bedroom, two full bath mm-hmm. ranch, and I'm hoping for a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath home colonial in Weymouth. But mm-hmm. everybody's fear is, I don't know what I'm going to buy next. Yeah, I can't find what I want next, tough. so they don't want to sell mm-hmm. until they find something. But I'm trying to, you know, educate that, 
you don't look as attractive if your house isn't one on the market and two under agreement. Yeah, and that's one of the things we should do a whole show on that. Maybe we can do that next week because I have a listing right now that it's contingent upon seller finding suitable housing. And this actually, the house that I, I the house I'm talking about right now was one of the reasons that prompted me to go town hall and talk to Lisa. Um, so Trisha, if you get a chance to listen in, it's that whole, uh, you know, the assessment says it's three bedrooms, but when we do our research, it's actually a two bedroom. So mm-hmm. um, it's really yeah. prompted me to have this conversation tonight because it's really yep. important for the buyer's agent to do Very. research. Research. Very. Yeah. yeah. So Trish, yeah. anything else you want to share with our listeners? No, just if you're thinking of listing, yeah. now's the time. I mean, the weather's been unbelievable. It's been on our side. People aren't tracking mud through your house or mm-hmm. snow through your house. So put it on. Stop yeah. thinking about it. If you get on earlier, you'll be gone faster. Yeah, absolutely. So Trish, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. They can email me at tflynn at bostonconnect.com or they can give me a call or a text at 781-223-3286. Perfect. Well, thanks, Trish. And Thank I will see you tomorrow. In the, are you coming to the uh, training tomorrow? I will be there. All right. We have a training. We have uh, Brad Mahoney's office coming in with us tomorrow. We have Amy from his office uh, talking about foreclosures. He's doing a CE class for our agents, so they'll be getting two credits uh, that they need to get for the state. And um, foreclosures, just so you know, Lisa, mm-hmm. we're hearing that they're, we're going to start getting more of those coming up the pipeline. So. That, that's to be expected. We're on a quarterly cycle, and unfortunately for those that are, are facing the economic challenges, now is the time that the banks are going to start pushing on those again. Yep. So here we go. So we're going to be well prepared at Boston Connect Real Estate. So Trish, I will see you tomorrow at the office. Oh, she already hung up. All right. Bye, Trish. <laughs> bye, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara along with Lisa Colletti. We have Ryan manning the phones tonight, 781-837-4900. We have all of that stuff behind us now, mm-hmm. all of the housekeeping things. So now we can really concentrate on Title V. So if you have any questions, feel free to give us a buzz here, 781-837-4900. All right, let's just get right into it. What is Title V? So Title V was a set of laws passed in Massachusetts. Um, It was passed in 1995, but it didn't really start getting enforced till 97 because Mm -hmm. unfortunately at the inception of this law, there was uh, a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a lot of inspectors that needed to be trained to be able to do this work. So it, it caused a slow rollout, if you would, of Title Mm -hmm. V code being enforced. While the law was there, it wasn't um, seeing real enforcement action until uh, 97. So Title V just basically says it's it's a determination. It's a set of factors written Mm -hmm. in by the state, by environmental scientists that say your septic system must behave in the following manners and not have the following problems. And it's actually a list. It's a a Mm -hmm. very large document. It's an 18-page document, but it specifically lists what things are to be looked at and Mm -hmm. what things would be considered failure criteria for a septic system. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're holding. So if you are, I mean, if you're driving, you're not watching, but we are on Facebook Live. So hello. And Lisa has that 18-page document right there. So hello, everybody. Um, So it is... um, you know, complicated sometimes for people, you know, for us, I mean, Boston Connect Real Estate Mm -hmm. is connecting Boston to the South Shore through real estate. Everything in Pembroke is Title V, correct? Yes. Uh, Pembroke is 100% uh, septic system. There is no public sewerage in Pembroke. Okay. And most of the towns surrounding us as well? The the vast majority, there are what we call cluster or, or, or dense neighborhoods within a few communities around us that have some centralized sewer, mostly in their main areas or main street or central business areas. But for the most part, most of our surrounding communities, certainly Hanson, Halifax. I, I think Marshfield has one area of sewerage, but most of Marshfield um, 
certainly most of Plymouth, with the exception of downtown area, again, is a centralized sewer. That's a, an excellent oh, yeah. example of where a denser area has a sewer. But um, by and large, all, most of the South Shore is going to be a septic system or a Title V type of system. And Kingston has parts of it too, yeah, right? They have, a, they have a strip that's sewer in the downtown area. I have some friends mm-hmm. on that, but I also have some friends in Kingston with septic. I, percentage-wise, none of these communities have much more than 30% of their, their mm-hmm. homes on, on a sewerage system. Okay. So I know that there are definitely, you know, I want to go through these with you too, mm-hmm. like what constitutes a fail. Sure. But I'm sort of curious about this because I wasn't sure of the answer, but I'm, I'm sort of guessing that I might know the answer. Mm-hmm. So as well as the state regulations, can we also have town bylaws too? Yes. Towns can have supplemental regulations uh, to Title V, but they have to be clearly spelled out. I'll give you an easy example is some towns have made cesspools all an automatic failure. Mm-hmm. The last time it was legally accepted to put cesspools in the ground was 1965 for most of the state. Wow. Um, so there are some towns that figure at that age, they just went ahead and made all cesspools mm-hmm. um, an automatic failure over the last, say, 15 years. Towns have been phasing them out because just on age alone, they really have exceeded mm-hmm. their life. As I said at the beginning, a, a septic system really only has an expected life of 30 to 40 years. Yep. And after that, um, it, it's just not receiving the filtration and, and the functionality that you, that you want out of that for public health and safety for the protection of groundwater. Okay. And a little bit later, I want to get into, because one of the things I try to do is educate people on, you know, how to keep a healthy system sure. when they're not familiar with using it. Um, so I do go through that. Generally speaking, I pull the woman aside and if they have teenage daughters and yep. just let them know what some of the rules are. Some of the things. Um, yeah. And basically the only thing that goes down there is what, if you would eat it, right? If or, it didn't pass through your body, a very simple equation is yep. if it did not pass through your body, it does not belong in your septic mm-hmm. system. Um, for example, Pembroke, it is illegal to have a garbage disposal. Garbage mm-hmm. disposals are extremely negative impact items on a septic system when you use something like that. So when you say illegal... In Pembroke, they are illegal. If you have one in your home, you are not supposed to have it. If you have it in at a Title V inspection time, it has to be identified on the Title V paperwork and a call for its removal. Okay, but you're not going to get arrested. You're not going to get arrested. <laughs> um, but but something to think about there. Some people say, well, uh, I'll do whatever. Now the days, and, and you're the agent, so I'll mm-hmm. defer to you, but what I'm experiencing at Town Hall is in the last three to four years, there's a surge of educated buyers. Mm-hmm. This is no longer, oh, you just handed me a piece of paperwork it's great. Uh, let me give you, mm-hmm. you know, the full offer price of your home. We are seeing a, a totally different generation of shopper that is shopping yep. hard. Yep. They're being very thorough in their research. I'm yep. seeing more 20 somethings, yep. first time home buyers coming to town hall, educating themselves. And they're looking at these reports and they're asking intelligent questions. And when they see something like uh, this home had a garbage disposal, they're immediately like, well, that septic system is going to be wrecked. And, and they're right. Mm-hmm. So, no, you don't get arrested, but um, anyone who thinks they're circumventing the law, the educated buyer out there, they, they know what they're looking at and they know that's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I know it is difficult sometimes. Now, for me, I wouldn't want a garbage disposal anyways, but I know some people who have them, they just love them. Yes. Uh, so they have a hard time getting away yes. from it. But um, I just think that... You know, when I've seen people who have had, there was one in Norwell. I remember her system, she came in. First thing this woman did is she went right over to the sink and looked in there. And that's what I do, actually, when I'm a listing agent is going in there. A lot of buyers are doing that now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
she had a system. She lived in Norwell. She had a new system. It was three years old, and it failed. Yeah. And they said it was because of the the um, because of the garbage disposal. Sure. From a science standpoint, just in case everyone's out there curious, the problem with garbage disposals is they process any kind of food waste, and they process it into really small particles, and they pass that down into your mm-hmm. septic system. And the problem with that is some of the food particles that we haven't consumed are going to be high in oils and fats, and oils mm-hmm. and fats and anything like that that's non-soluble are the absolute worst mm-hmm. things for your septic system. They literally, if it clogs your arteries, it clogs your septic system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, what happens is when these processed particles are getting down there, they're going through any kind of filtration that the septic tank offers. So those small particles are taken right out into the septic field, and those particles are then immediately clogging the sand and the mm-hmm. other filtration within your septic field, causing immediate you know actions of failure. And the more that's down there, the faster it fails. I gotta tell you, I'm like, there's so many questions rattling from my head right now. I'm like literally excited. And Rai, I have one of these for you if you want to come. Um, so yeah, I, there's just so many questions that I love to, I, I have going through my head. So one is, I don't even know where to go or where, which way to stop and everything else. Hi, Mark. Mac, Mar- Mac McNamara is here. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Lisa did not think that you were going to make it, by the way. She's like, no, he, he, he can't be coming. me going the wrong way. I know. <laughs> he was going home, not here. Um, so, okay. So a couple things that are going through my head is... Um, explaining what a septic system is, right? So I know in the leaching field, you have all these, you know, the pipes that are in there. Let's just say PVC pipes and they have little holes in them. So I think- I'm about to blow your mind. It's not just that anymore. Everyone thinks that. There's now plastic infiltrators, which are preformed plastic pieces that kind of snap together like Legos that disperse water. You have cement chambers, which are actually, think of Mm. giant Lego bricks with holes in them Mm -hmm. that are made of cement that link together. So basically anything like that, like the pipe you were just describing or these Lego blocks I'm describing, we call that the leaching component. And every septic system has a leaching component. And it can be a lot of different forms out there, believe it or not. And every um, septic system has some sort of distribution component. We call mm-hmm. that a D-box, but yep. it means a distribution box that tells the water where to go. And then most homes have a septic tank. And the only exceptions to these rules would be homes with cesspools, which we already yep. talked about. Um, they really don't have any kind of filtration, any kind of settling action. Um, everyone talks about their septic tank, and they don't realize that the, the septic tank actually has a longer name. It's a settling tank. Hmm. And it actually has a job. Everyone thinks, oh, that's just nothing. It's a big box in the ground. It actually has a very important job. And actually, Mark, being a plumber, is going to know all about this. <laughs> what it is, is it's a giant box. And when the water comes in, any kind of solid material that's in the water has an opportunity to drop out of the water column. And then the water will pass through a filter and out to your leaching field. And why that's so important is all those solids are what will ultimately fail your septic system. And by dropping them out in the tank, that allows you to call, hopefully, your routine maintenance every two years Mm -hmm. to pump out and remove those solids. It's like changing the oil in your car. It's that important. Every two Mm -hmm. years, you really want to get that septic tank pumped to get all those negative materials out of there. So when you're talking about, so basically the, from the house goes through a pipe into a tank. Correct. Right. So the solids, let's just. Hopefully drop out. That's what we want them to do. You can call it drop out. They sink to the bottom, right, They sink to the bottom. Okay, let's just get there. (laughs) They drop out, but they're going to the bottom of the tank. The, then the gray water, dirty water or whatever. That was what will pass through your filter. Hopefully your septic tank has a filter. If it doesn't, you really want one. Just like an oil filter on your car, super important. So that keeps any big material from going out into your field. So the gray water will pass through. It goes out to the distribution box. Mm -hmm. The distribution box tells it where to go, whether it's into the big Legos or into the pipes with holes or whatever else, which distributes that water into the sand. Usually it's built in sand or stone or a combination Mm -hmm. of both. And then it slowly gets filtered through that. And that's where it's allowed to enter the groundwater again. Okay. 
So it's being filtered before it actually gets into the earth again. It actually does. Most septic systems have anywhere from a, a two-foot removal, and some of them can be 10 or more yeah. uh, feet of removal that is replaced with what we call perk sand, which is a specialized, it's a class of sand that's clean, and that's what actually does that filtering. Okay, so, but there are also rules. Again, you brought me right on to another question, mm-hmm. but, and I didn't finish my first thoughts. But anyways, so there are, um, like, must be guidelines. Like, you can't have your leaching field so many feet to a well or to sure. water, right? Absolutely. Ponds and all that. Absolutely. And those will vary town by town. There's state regulations, and most towns have some level of upgrade regulation. All of that's important, but that is all covered in your Title V examination. Luckily, you know, a, a real estate agent or a homeowner doesn't have to have that knowledge. You should have professionals helping you with uh-huh. this. God forbid if your septic does fail, you're going to have an engineer that's going to pr- professionally help you make uh-huh. all those determinations of where this can go. But even in a Title V inspection, the inspector knows these rules and should be documenting any of these issues that could be in proximity to the septic system. Mm -hmm. identifying them and and, and detailing it in the report. And I know with Lisa, just, you know, I know that you can't say who you like, who you don't. I know you have a bunch of different cards at the town hall. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, can. You can. (laughs) (laughs) You can say whatever you'd like. I can tell most people that that town hall will never say use this person or use that person. And we can. It's inappropriate. But I can tell you that, and I I think you would probably back me up. You work all over the South Shore. Of course, Mm -hmm. I just work in Pembroke. But your local Title V inspectors, especially the mm-hmm. ones that are busy, are the ones you want yep. because the gentlemen, and I don't know of any ladies, and if there are out there, I, my, my hat's off to them, but most of these gentlemen mm-hmm. become very familiar with a four or five town area mm-hmm. that they service. And they're so good and so proficient about the rules within those towns. They, they don't have to go b- b- farther than four yeah. or five towns to, to, to do their work because they're that good where they are and they're that much in demand. Yep. Um, always be slightly, and I, I don't want to say leery of, because sometimes people have friends that, that'll travel to do a favor, but yeah. someone that's coming from an hour away to do a Title V inspection is is a little bit odd because mm-hmm. there's not that much money in Title V inspection that, that, that the commute should be worth it. Yeah, and that's one of the things for me when we're working as buyer's agents, and you know Mary on our team works mm-hmm. primarily as our buyer's yes. agent, but I've taught her everything that she knows. And I've taught her to go to town hall, pull these reports. She's look so at diligent. Them. She's she, so diligent. She really is. And um, you and as buyers agents, we have to be. And like I said, mm-hmm. I had two clients before me in the past three weeks who purchased their homes. And I looked back in MLS. It was mm-hmm. stated that one had a four bedroom and one had a three bedroom. Yeah. That's what they were perceived to be buying. Mm-hmm. That's what the house was marketed as. Yep. That's what they thought the value was. Yep. And when I did my research, because they're thinking about coming back on the market, I'm like, I have some news for you. Like, you actually have a two-bedroom septic. You actually have a three-bedroom septic. And they're so shocked, but they feel taken advantage of. Um, I don't think that a buyer's agent would do that with true malice. It's just that they didn't take that extra step. And and that's so important. And and it's something that um, surprises me that people aren't aware of that obviously Mary is and that you are. These records are all public records at Mm -hmm. every town hall across Massachusetts. You don't have to have a a magic wand or anything. If you're thinking about purchasing a piece of real estate, go into the town hall that it's in. Ask nicely. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people nicely because you get more flies with honey and yeah. you're more likely to get to get better help or higher quality help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, the adage is true. Very nice young lady came in also looking at a piece of property today, asked to see the file, asked nicely, can you tell me a little bit more about this? And I was helping her today. Um, but she was a little taken aback because the, the individual before her was less than hospitable and yep. and she when she got up to the window and she says um she goes I admire what you have to put up with she goes you know you hear those tongue-in-cheek jokes about city hall she goes I didn't realize you know some of the tongue tongue-in-cheek jokes about how 
you nice women are treated is actually true, and it, and mm-hmm. it is, and that's unfortunate. But some people have their uh, baggage. Yeah, put there. And you know what it is too. It it is upsetting too because you know I'm very familiar, obviously, with Pembroke because mm-hmm. I've lived in the town for mm-hmm. 26 years, been on several boards myself, and I. You know, so I'm familiar with people, but I really do feel before I had that relationship that I have with you, Mm -hmm. it was still very kind. People Mm -hmm. were still very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I did go into a local town hall one time Mm -hmm. and I won't say what town it was. And I was horrified. The agent yelled and screamed at me. I am Mm -hmm. sick and tired of you real estate agents just thinking Mm -hmm. that you can come in here and we're supposed to drop everything for you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, um... I don't even have the house on the market yet. Like yeah. I, I'm doing yeah. an analysis. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how thorough I'm being yeah. is before. Yeah. So it, it can be hard, and, and and everyone's had you know the kind of day they've had before that interaction. Yeah, you never know. So when you when you walk into a town hall, I just tell people you know because friends of mine in Pembroke that are going to shop somewhere else say, well, what should I do? What should I say? I said, just go in for ask, very nicely asked to see the file. Mm-hmm. I said, everything there's in black and white. And, and the thing you were talking about with the bedrooms, that's a very easy piece of information. So if anyone's shopping, get out your, your pen or pencil right now. Mm-hmm. There's always for every property um, going back at least to the 60s, um, a, a yellow form in most town halls, because mm-hmm. it's a duplicate form that says disposal works permit um, at the top. And it's usually a legal length piece of paper. And right on there, it'll identify the lot. It'll have, you know, usually an assessor's number, a builder's lot number, a street address. Mm -hmm. But on that form somewhere, as you read down, it will say number of bedrooms. And the reason that form is Mm -hmm. so important is that is what the engineer certified and stamped that this system was designed to handle this much flow. Mm -hmm. And that is really key because that number of bedrooms and that flow is what tells you how many bedrooms Mm -hmm. you can have. And and, and I agree with you, Sharon, in in my experience, I, I don't think it's usually anyone with any malice or any intent to deceive. It just goes to show that people do not understand um, the difference of a septic flow versus an assessor's listing. Now, Mm -hmm. assessors have a very different job than the Board of Health. Mm -hmm. The assessor's job is to go out and look at the house and assess for whatever is there. Whether it got legally built, Mm -hmm. properly built, uh, the home or any of its systems can support Mm -hmm. what they see when they inspect is not part of their criteria. Their criteria is to assess the value of the home and the structure that exists Mm -hmm. and assess taxes accordingly. When you look at Title V law, it looks at it very differently and it says in order to have this much living space, this in, in, the, in the case of Massachusetts, this many bedrooms, mm-hmm. assuming two persons per bedroom, that's how the code yeah. was written. Um, it says if you're going to have this many bedrooms, you have to have this much flow or capacity built into the septic system. And unfortunately, you know, and I know, mm-hmm. and, and, and not everyone else, but when a bank values a house, when a loan is, is done for a house, those capacities have a, a very high impact on the value of a home. Yep, absolutely. And that's what I think that my, you know, this past, like I said, it's been in the past three weeks, they were not my clients when they purchased, mm-hmm. but they've come to me and they were referred yeah. to me and I'm telling them the news now. And, yep. you know, they're a little bit shocked, but I yeah. said, you know, we can, what we have to do is protect you from this point. Actually, yep. one of them had had their house on the market um, a few years back and it didn't sell. And I said, mm-hmm. maybe be grateful like yeah. that it didn't because we know that there are situations where, um, you know, you could be selling that house and end up with a 93A lawsuit because mm-hmm. you marketed this home as a four bedroom mm-hmm. and it is really rated for a three bedroom, mm-hmm. which means the system isn't going to last as long as it would if it was for Correct. four. Correct. And it also doesn't support that capacity. And and I, I have been called and contacted and subpoenaed by attorneys over these exact issues. So um, some people uh, have made 
comments to me and we'll mm-hmm. leave it politely there that, oh, but, you know, so-and-so and I won't get caught and everything else. And as I remind everyone, it, it's it's fine to say a certain property transferred at a certain size, um, but it's like speeding. You, mm-hmm. you can't say when you're pulled over by the police officer that I clocked you doing 60 and a 30 and say, but the car in front of me was too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Um, as you know and I know, it's the track sa- transaction at hand. Yeah. Um, and whether or not you purchase the house at a certain size or a certain representation, even if that representation was wrong, um, it's not going to help you this time. And unfortunately, one of the cases I, I was called into Brockton for was exactly that. This person purchased it and even had the original advertisement at a different size. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, that's not what the septic was rated for. And, and there, there turned out to had to be monetary remuneration to correct that. Yeah. And that's one of the things, I mean, being the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, I mean, we have, you know, 40 something agents at the office and I I do take education very seriously, seriously for the agents. And I take it very seriously because it's up to them to educate their clients as well. And, you know, I don't want us to ever have to use our E&O insurance because of these situations. And when I was doing some research just for, you know, quick conversations for us tonight of what questions, which is funny Mm -hmm. because I haven't looked at any of it, but I did come (laughs) across one of the things in there was, you know, the number of bedrooms and how E&O insurance, the biggest, um, liability for that they see for E&O is number of bedrooms in septic doesn't, systems. Doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. Imagine no, that, no number shock one. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is because it has such a high impact on, on the value yeah. of a home sale. But since you brought it up, and I'm now using your handy dandy checklist yeah. that you made off. So sellers, I'm going to yep. take the seller's perspective for a minute. So we just talked about buyers and what they should be looking at. Can I back up for one sec there? Because you gave me another analogy the other day that I loved. And I actually shared it with Mark. Remember, I shared this with you the other day. I was like, Lisa just had this perfect way of putting this. But can you explain, okay, so you have, it's not illegal, right, to have a assessed four-bedroom home and a septic system rated for three bedrooms. Correct. But give your analogy about a car and an old lady, well, not old lady, but like, you know. It, it, It all has to do with usage, you know. Okay, so you have a home that might have X number of rooms in it. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you have a, a, a little old lady or one person living alone in a home. Do it with cars. Not using all that. But if you have a car that's just driven back and forth mm. to church once a week and grandma's car happens to be 10 years old and you buy it, grandma's car, because it was just driven back and forth to church once a week, is going to have a lot of life left in it. Mm-hmm. But if you take that same 10-year-old car and it was used for someone's daily Boston commuter, hmm. there's gonna be a lot less life left mm-hmm. in that 10 year old car because it's gonna have seen so much more mileage. The exact same principle applies to a septic system. Mm-hmm. A septic system used by one or two people but designed for a three or four bedroom home is gonna have a lot more life left in it than say a colonial that was filled with six kids growing up yep. plus mom and dad. The the usage, the flow, the the mileage, if you would, left in that septic system is gonna be very different. Yeah, I just thought that that was a perfect analogy. Do you like that, Mark? I do. I just had a thought it one of the septic systems where a lot of women lived in the house if they would go faster than Move this over to uh, a house that, with men. That 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 is true. Um, <laughs> uh, we've proven that babies, teenage mm-hmm. girls, yes, are the hardest on septic systems. Yeah, uh, as far as water usage and, mm-hmm. and other items. Um, so that that that's an analogy we we've proven to be and, true. Well, Mark's being a plumber. That isn't actually why I invited him here tonight. But he definitely <laughs> but does. he has a little experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has some good questions usually, and 
I, it's very interesting because he tells people what they should and should not be putting in the tank. And I, if we're walking down the aisle, sometimes I'll pick up, you know, feminine products and say to I'll show Mark, I'll go, look, it's his flushable. Oh, <laughs> it, it's a pet peeve of mine and, and, and it's a marketing nightmare. Oh. This baby wipe is flushable. Yeah. This feminine product is flushable. And we see this all the time. But these products are still based in, in woven fabrics mm-hmm. of some sort of another. It, it's not safe for your septic system. It's not going to biodegrade. Why? Because it will not degrade fast enough. If these products would break down fast enough, but even then you don't. Remember we talked about the settling tank Mm -hmm. and how we wanted all the solids to drop out? These cotton fiber products, when they break down, don't drop out. They want to stay in the water column. And as they go out to the sand, it's just like if you dumped Mm -hmm. a bunch of uh, paper towel confetti in the sand, it'll clog it up. If you put a paper towel, if anyone's seen a napkin or a paper towel that's been outside after the rain on the ground and how it gets all pitted, like the water can move through it, but it leaves like a membrane or looks filmy it's the same principle and in that film in your septic system is just one more way of clogging it up and getting it to stop so those things won't sink to the bottom what will nope. they do they'll float to the they top and then they get and pieces of... go out into your your septic field and start what about the it. the filter though do, can they just attach themselves to the they filter can attach then? to the filter and clog the filter but even then as they break down those particulates are still too big to be filtered by the sand but enough to clog up the sand mm-hmm. so even if they start to break down but they can they can clog the filter they can clog the field they're just not no mm. part of them is good yeah and it's funny because I, I've heard some stories from some of the guys that we've had on. So I, I know like Shane McGlone is yep. um, an engineer. He's wonderful. And um, Al Wood from yeah, A.E. Woods yes. is fabulous. Yep. And um, I just some of the stories that you can hear from these guys. But Mark himself has had some pretty good yep. stories about... It's money in the tank. <laughs> it, it, it literally <laughs> is. And, and I think if people thought about that, that every time they're pr- flushing a, a product that is not... Again, we talked about the only things that belong down there have been through your body. Every time you flush one of these other items down there, you are just putting uh, money in plumber's pockets mm-hmm. or septic installer's pockets or a septic pumper's pockets. It, it's just not a good idea. Just don't do it. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, okay, so now go back on to sellers because so, you were on that. So we, we've, we've done a lot for the buyers here. So let's talk about, and actually the homeowners, we've given them some great tips, but the sellers. And let's give the phone number one more time, 781-837-4900. You're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. We're going to fly right through our commercials tonight. I have Lisa Cullity here with us. She is the uh, health agent for the Board of Health Agent for the Town of Pembroke. I also have Mr. Mark McNamara with us tonight, who is a plumber, of course. And again, Ryan Manning, the phones. We're also on Facebook Live. Hello to everybody. And you, if you're not, um, if you want to find me on Facebook and watch us every week, it's uh, Sharon Costa McNamara is how you can find us. But let's talk about sellers. So sellers. So I want to blow up some myths. There's a lot of myths about Title Mm V. And the one that, that seems to freak people out the most is they do want to sell their home. And their home tragically fails the Title V. First of all, they mm-hmm. think a pass is great. It passed. Everything is perfect. Um, I'm Willy Wonka. I'm walking the yellow brick <laughs> road of Oz. That's not true. Yep. If your septic system is 30 to 40 years old, I just talked about those young folks buying homes, doing their research. Mm-hmm. If your septic is 30 or 40 years old, it's at the end of its life. And these these buyers are aware of it. So don't think just because you mm-hmm. pass, if your septic is 30 or 40 years old, anyone looking to make an offer on your home, and I'm sure you, if you are working mm-hmm. as a buyer's agent, would say, hey, listen, it's just like a 30 or 40 year old roof. It's just like a 30 mm-hmm. or 40 year old furnace. So just because it passes doesn't mean everything's rosy. Yep. Conversely, if it fails, it's not the end of the world. I cannot tell you the number of times I see people walking in that have found their dream home, want to sell their other home, and it fails Title V, and they're literally beside themselves. First myth, my septic system failed. It's going to cost me a minimum of $40,000. That's just false. 
it can be that expensive if you have really bad soils or, or a really tough neighborhood to work in, but that is really unusual. What's bad soil? Clay? Bad soils, yeah. Clays, silts, anything that the water doesn't want to flow through. Mm-hmm. But honestly, on the South Shore, we just don't see a ton of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get up into Cohasset and stuff, you're going to see some ledge and some other oh, things yeah. up there. Um, but again, those neighborhoods are, are very familiar with what they have in them. But the vast majority of us is still going to be perkable material, still be workable mm-hmm. material. So the, the average septic system, in my experience, comes in somewhere between 15 and 22,000. Mm-hmm. And yes, you are going to spend somewhere between three and five thousand dollars with an engineer. But this is still usually well below what some people think Mm -hmm. they're going to be spending. But they 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 literally come in with this look of a blind panic. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing I try to explain to them. Um, And if they're in Pembroke, chances are I know their neighborhood well enough to make an educated guess. But Mm -hmm. backing off from there, um, they also assume that they have to come up with twenty five thousand dollars out of thin air. That is also not true. Mm -hmm. And you brought them up, so I'm going to pick on them. But for example, a couple like AE Wood that does septic installations, I know for a fact, if you are selling your home, yes, you will have to pay for your engineering because you have to have some sort of plan to sell your home. Mm -hmm. Um, But he will do an installation. And he, if you say to him point blank, my house is on the market, I'm buying this house, I'm selling this Mm -hmm. house, I do not have, let's call it $17,000 in cash to hand you. They will make an agreement where you can put them on the rider, which is yep. where you help them out, mm-hmm. and they can pay for the, the septic system out of the proceeds of their home. Yep. They don't have to go out and grab a, a loan, a home equity mm-hmm. loan, rob mom and dad to, to pay yep. for this. There are other solutions. And he's very, very good at that. And very one good. of the things is, is he definitely leans into us and he, he will say you know like once this once we get to commitment that's mm-hmm. when he'll start putting it in once we know yes. for sure that it's a hundred percent a go yep. you know you know you want to make sure you have a signed pns and all those yes. good things and, so. it, and it does have to be a done deal but again the, the panic is usually not that someone understands that's going to come out of the proceeds of their home, but in fact that, that there's a way to pay for it. That's usually yep. their panic. Mm-hmm. The other thing is everyone says, oh, no, if I have to do a septic system, I'm throwing twenty to $25,000 away. And this is where I'm going to lean on mm-hmm. you again. In my experience, that is also not true. Mm-hmm. If you're making an agreement to sell your home, and, I, and this is why I think it's important to know the condition of your Title V system before you sign a PNS. Sharon, back mm-hmm. me up on this. And before you put it on the market. Yeah, it, it, and it really, ideally, before you put it on the market, but before you sign a PNS, and I'm going to explain why. Let's say you own that charming, you know, three-bedroom home, but there's a fourth room or a bonus room, mm-hmm. and oh no, my septic failed. Yep. Boo-hoo. That is sad, except if you're in a situation where you can expand your septic system, the cost difference between a three-bedroom mm-hmm. and a four-bedroom septic system is about $1,000, maybe $1,500. Mm-hmm. But Sharon, you know the value mm-hmm. of a three-bedroom home versus a four-bedroom mm-hmm. home is about a 10000 maybe more depending on the neighborhood mm-hmm. value difference. That means by putting in your septic system mm-hmm. and spending an extra 1000 to $1,500, you've just increased the value of your home mm-hmm. by $10,000 or more, meaning half of the septic system has paid for itself. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen time and time and time again, where someone has taken a two to a three or a three to a four. And because they knew before they signed an agreement, they're able to get that extra value out of the home. And conversely, I've seen that person that's made the mistake and been under agreement at a certain price tag, and then it failed. And now there's no more negotiation because you've made an agreement. So this Mm -hmm. is where where Title V can be actually a tool to make money. Yep. And too, what ends up happening, I know in a situation that I had with somebody in town, and I know you'll know exactly where I was when I start talking about it, 
it ended up being a fail and it was literally almost a week before closing that mm. some stuff surfaced and yeah. you had to go over there and yep. you look like a green acre. She had like this yep. shovel and she just yep. like yep. stuck it yep. in there. And um, I was like, oh, she is dangerous with that shovel. <laughs> <laughs> but I was laughing like, oh, so hard inside. I was like, whoopsie. Yeah. So that was a fa- Well, we had to get that system in. Well, they had asked, you know, what the wife had asked, well, does that mean that we can increase the, like the, have the buyer pay for it? And I was like, no. No. Once that agreement's made, and, and, and again, you can speak to this better than I can, but that's where I talk about... Uh, uh, buyers are educated these days. They know the mm-hmm. value of a new septic system, especially brand yep. sparkling new versus mm-hmm. 30 or 40 years old. And this is why I think sellers would do themselves a favor to know the condition of their septic system because there's a perfect mm-hmm. example. You had someone under agreement. Yes, they put in a brand new spe- septic system. Yep. This buyer got the value. Love it's that. like someone buying a house and, and someone comes in before you move in and puts on a whole brand new roof out of their pocket. Yep. Well, of course that house with a brand new roof is worth more money. A house with a brand new septic is worth more mm-hmm. money than the exact same house with a 30-year-old septic mm-hmm. system. But had that seller known yep. in advance and dealt with the problem in advance, they could have recouped some of that money on yep. that septic system. And in some instances, though, I mean, we're talking about 30, 40-year-old systems versus, mm-hmm. you know, some people have older systems, yes. you know, like that, that aren't that old. Yep. And and, but they'll say to me, well, then I should be able to, like, if I put in a new septic system, I should be able to increase the, by the exact amount, you know, the price. No, it's no, not usually, can't. it's not usually a dollar for dollar. No. Um, but, but again, it's not, everyone looks at it as a $25,000 loss. It's not that either. Yeah. It, it's somewhere in between. That's one of the things I'll say to people is, well, here's how it works. Like every buyer, when they flush the toilet, they want to make sure it's not gurgling in the front yard. Mm-hmm. So just because you have a new one mm-hmm. versus one that might be 10 years old, mm-hmm. it's it, you know what I mean? Like people, it's still The other working. big myth about septic systems, and Mark will back me up on this one. Everyone assumes if you flush your toilet and it goes down, how, Mark, how many times you've seen this? Everything's okay, right? Yeah. The toilet flushed. Yeah. It, it must be perfect. And, and he can attest, there can be situations um, wrong with the septic, swoops and pipe. How often have we seen that? Someone thinks they've got a failure or a real problem, and all it is is a broken or a dip in a pipe yep. that, that's very I easily one of those. fixed. Yep. Um, so the, the problems can be small, the problems can be large, but mm-hmm. I, I can tell you this, I've never seen, Mark, back me up, uh, I've never seen anyone get ahead by not dealing with the problem or not looking mm-hmm. at it. Knowing right. is knowing is really all of the battle. Absolutely. And Lisa, I can't believe it, but we're out of time already. I know I'm going to cry. <laughs> we know. don't get to talk dirt in them anymore. I know. Well, if people want to get in touch with you at Town Hall, how Absolutely. can they do that? Uh, Pembroke Town Hall, we can be reached at the Board of Health, 781. 781- Two nine three two seven one eight. Perfect, and we're going to get all this information, and I have more and more information too. So I promise that I can we come will back. Get, I like you. Yeah. yeah, I want you to come back because I think that there are other things that we need to be talking about. Of, you know, there's a lot that we didn't get to, and yes. a lot to do with the sellers and the type mm-hmm. of systems and things mm-hmm. like that. So I promise I will have Lisa back on in probably about a month or so. Um, and again, if you have any questions for me, you can catch me at BostonConnect.com or you can call me at the office seven eight one eight two six eight thousand. And I will see everybody next week. Bye. Bye, Rye.